Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. My dear friends, today we celebrate the greatest feast of the season after Christmas, the feast day of the Epiphany. Even more in the Eastern churches, this feast takes precedence because it is the culmination, you could say, of the Nativity of our Lord. Epiphany means revelation, and so we celebrate today the revelation of Christ as a Messiah. Now, on this same day, we celebrate actually three different events. Three things happened on this day. One was first, the coming of the Magi to, to meet, to adore our Lord. At a later time, it also happened on this day that our Lord was baptized by St. John and that St. John saw the vision that confirmed to him that our Lord Jesus Christ was the Messiah. And a voice was heard from heaven confirming this. And also at a later time, our Lord did his first miracle on this day. He turned the water into wine, which was also a way to reveal himself as the Messiah. So this day, this holy day, actually celebrates three different events into one. Now, my dear friends, many false prophets, many false messiahs have come into the world and preached. I remember this story. This, I was watching this documentary once of a cult that was here in, in the United States. And there was this guy that pretended to be our Lord having come for the second time. Nothing about him said that he was anything but a man. He had a few followers. Uh, most of them poor people uh, were crazy. And he was saying, you know, the, the world is going to end on this day. And this documentary follows him and they follow everyone and they're talking to the people and everything. And so the day was coming when the world was going to end. And well, at that time they expelled all the people that had the cameras and they stayed in their, in their property. Don't be scared that this doesn't have a horrible ending as many of these things do. The thing is the cameras are outside and the end of the world was supposed to come. And they just see the guy walking out of the ranch with the 20 followers that he had. And they come to the door and they say, Hallelujah, the world is ending. And then they all stay quietly there as nothing happens. And then they just go back to the home. And after that, obviously, people left. There are many false messiahs, many false pastors, many false religions that happen around. But God actually in scripture gave us a way to know when someone is telling us the truth. He said, by the way of two witnesses, or three, all issues will be settled. And so when he, came, when he came to the point of understanding and knowing whether if our Lord was the Messiah or not, God also gave us two witnesses besides the witness of our Lord. And that's what we celebrate today. The first witness is nature itself, and that is the feast day of the Magi coming to Bethlehem. The Magi were pagans. So who reveals to them God, nature itself? Creation, as St. Paul tells us, shows us that there is a God, that there is good, that God rewards the good, that he punishes the wicked, that there is a creation, that we were created. And in this way, the Magi were brought to our Lord, not by scriptures, not by the faith that is taught to us as the revelation, but they were brought by a star by a sign from, from nature. This is the first witness then of our Lord being the Messiah, nature itself. 
Then we, sent, we mentioned that the second event that we celebrate is the baptism of our Lord. And that is God himself giving witness to the divinity of Christ. When our Lord is baptized by St. John, the voice is heard from saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And notice that God speaks to those who had the faith. The Jews were not pagans. The Jews had the revelation. They had the true faith at that time. They were the depositors of revelation. And so to them, it is not nature that speaks. It is God himself that reveals to them that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And then the third testimony is the testimony of our Lord himself in the third event that we celebrate today when our Lord changes water into wine and he makes a miracle. If someone comes and claims to be the Messiah, to be God, to have power over nature, obviously the way in which he can prove that is by doing something that is extraordinary, by doing something that proves his power over creation. And that's why this first miracle is the testimony of Christ himself. And that is addressed now not only to the pagans, but also to the Jews. It is addressed to all of us so that we all understand that this is truth, that he is the Messiah. All of these things, my dear friends, to tell us that today we celebrate this feast that shows us that our faith is based on solid grounds, that we don't believe just blindly, just because someone told us to, but we believe because there are witnesses to the truth of our Lord, the witness of nature, the witness of the voice of God himself, and the witness of the actions of our Lord. Let us turn back to the Magi, because this feast can be, we can see a very important lesson today in them. Consider that the Magi were very intelligent, mature, provident men. They were not naive or silly, as some depictions, some modern depictions show them. They were men that knew what they were doing. And for this reason, their coming to Bethlehem, or to Palestine, was greatly to be admired. Magi was the word that was used in Babylon to say a wise man. So it's not necessarily kings. We were talking, you could say, of scientists in Babylon, you know, astronomers. These were the men that were regarded as such. They could be physicians sometimes. But because they were on a higher class, they were usually wealthy. They were usually nobility. And that's why we usually depict them as kings. Now consider that for them, the trip that they made from Babylon to where our Lord was, was 900 miles away. That is as if I told you today, we're going to do a pilgrim, pilgrimage to Chicago in the middle of the winter too. But for them, that also meant you could get lost in the desert. You could get ransacked by thieves, which there were many in those areas. You could cross to a country that was hostile to you and they could kill you. It was risking their lives or putting them in great danger. But not only that, it also meant probably losing all of their wealth, if not most of it, risking all of it for sure. It meant giving away their jobs. Even if in the best case scenario that they went there and things work out and they come back, that meant four months of travel. So that meant you had to give away your position. You probably were going to lose that position. You would, be put, you would put all your life in standby. And well, those of you who have families, you can imagine 
What would happen if you go and tell your family, I saw a star in heaven. I'm going to follow it for four months. Fights with your wife or your children or your parents or your siblings. Who knows? All these things that they had to go through. But why? This is my point. Why did they go through that? Because they wanted to have the true faith and they wanted to know God as he was. And the reason why I say this is very important in our day and age, my dear friends, is because in our lifetimes, we're seeing an error that goes around the world, even in our friends, even in our families, an error that we call indifferentism that is poisonous. The error that says that you can worship God in any way that you want, that it doesn't matter if you know the truth of God or not. If you're in a false religion and you have some lies about God, that doesn't matter. You can still save your soul. This feast day that we celebrate today is a slap on the face of that error. It is a destruction of that error. How many of us have heard friends of us say, I don't like this church. I'm going to go to another church. Or say, we all believe the same things. How many of you have heard your brothers and sisters say, we all worship the same God anyways. Or how many of you have heard your children say, I worship God in my own fashion. I have my own relationship with God. My dear friends, all of these people are deceived and they're in error. But we can hardly blame them because these errors and deception, these lies, come from the Vatican itself. They came from Vatican II, especially from a document called Nostra Etate, which I always mention or I frequently do. Think of what it says in there. It says, are you a Hindu? Well, this is what the document says. In Hinduism, men contemplate the divine mystery. Are you a Buddhist? Well, Buddhism teaches a way by which men may be able either to acquire the taste of perfect liberation or attain supreme illumination. That's what Vatican II tells you. Or are you of any other religion? Well, the Catholic Church rejects Nothing, they say, that is true and holy in these religions. They even say that there is holiness in false religions. And my friends, what, how can we blame our children, our friends, our siblings, when they say these falsehoods, these falsehoods, these lies, when Francis himself says, and this is a direct quote, he says, proselytism is solemn nonsense. It makes no sense. Proselytism is converting souls, by the way. He also said this, to evangelize is not to proselytize. To proselytize, he said, is something pagan. It is neither religious nor evangelical. He continues, this is not about proselytism, as I said, so that others become one of us. He's saying, that's, that's not our goal, that they become one of, one of us. That's not Christian. Think of this, had Francis been in Jerusalem, he would have told the Magi, you're wasting your time, traveling 900 miles wide, go back home. There is truth and holiness in the worship of Marduk and Baal and Dagon and all the other gods that you have in Babylon. There's truth and holiness over there, go back home. But you know, the truth is that the Magi that we celebrate today would have shunned Francis as an apostate, 
And they would have shunned all these people that hold these errors and they would say, you are wrong. You're absolutely wrong. You're monstrous in what you say. Those are false gods. We come here to find the truth God. The true God, excuse me. They would have said to them probably the same words that Gregory XVI said, a pope that lived in the 1800s. It is a perverse opinion to claim that it is possible to obtain the eternal salvation of the soul by the profession of any kind of religion. The Apostle St. Paul says, there is one God, one faith, one baptism. You should consider the testimony of Christ himself, who says that those who are not with him are against him, and that they disperse unhappily who do not gather with him. The Magi would have said to Francis, or to those people that hold these errors, the words of Athanasius, Without a doubt, they will perish forever. Those who do not hold the Catholic faith, whole and inviolate. So my dear friends, to conclude, Father, this is supposed to be a happy feast day. It is. To conclude, the Magi are our patron saints against indifferentism. They are our patron saints against Vatican II and against this error that goes around the world today. They traveled 900 miles to prove against, to prove the truth that goes against Vatican II. They risked their lives. They challenged their families. They lost their wealth, all to give testimony that it does matter to know God exactly as he is and to follow him in all that he commands. So when you feel that you're alone, when you feel that there is few people that think like you, when you feel that it's too extreme to drive 40 minutes to go to Mass or three hours to go to Mass, consider those men that traveled 900 miles. When you feel that you are too extreme in fighting with your family, with your friends, with your co-workers, because nobody thinks like you and very few do, consider those few men that among all the millions of pagans, only them got to see our Lord. When you think that it is too extreme to risk your job or to not be able to take a better job because it hinders your morals, or when you think that it's too extreme to fight with your friends over a matter of morality, consider these men that opposed their families, their kings, their co-workers, you could say, in order just to do one thing, to come and know and see Christ. They are our patron saints. So today, my dear friends, as we see them, these things that we see and that we suffer sometimes, they are not discouraging. They are rather a beautiful blessing that we have, that you get to go through these things to do what they did. When you have to suffer any of these things, consider my traveling for 40 minutes, my fighting quarrels with my families over the faith and the morality, it's as old as Christmas. And for 2,000 years, good and holy men and wise men have been doing that. Today then, let's do the opposite of what Francis said. I would say to you, do as the Magis did. Go and proselytize. Yes, go and turn them into another child of God. Yes, show them the truth of the gospel. Bring them into the kingdom. Bring them to become children of God. Bring them so that they can enjoy also the sacraments and the Holy Mass. Go and preach the gospel and share 
that beautiful truth that you share with the Magi, share that treasure, the treasure of your Catholic faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.